Good afternoon and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm your host Andy Barge and alongside me and ready to share their pearls of wisdom on Celtic are Mick Gannon and Celtic blogger Jamie Flynn. We'll be discussing the impact of Ollie Burke at the club, the club's injury list which is growing as long as your arm at the moment and we'll also discuss Bio's omission from the Europa League squad. We'll look ahead to the Hibs match tomorrow but first of all Mick, Ollie Burke has come out uh, recently and said that he's very happy at Celtic, privileged to be at the club and as far as he's concerned, would be happy to stay because of how much he's enjoying life at Celtic Park. What's the potential for that? Do you know anything? To be honest, I think fairly slim, I think. Um, just in terms of finances, I think I think West Brom do rate him pretty highly. I mean, he's not really featured at all there, down there. But what we can gather is, well, listen, West Brom aren't going to deflate their value for the guy. They can get a few pounds from him in the, in the summer. Um, it's, a, it's a kid that cost what, 50 million quid as well when he signed for them yeah. um, they'd be looking to recoup a fair chunk of that um, in an English market 50 million pound these days doesn't get you much so um, so I think it would be difficult for Celtic to make that a permanent deal in, in the summer and plus it's also the wage factor as well he'd um, be on a fair, a fair, fair whack of money down there um, so I, I don't think it's impossible but I think it would take a pretty big move from Celtic to do that um, I'm not surprised he's saying he's enjoying me. He's already quite insane. I don't, I don't fancy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <hi. laughs> no, it's rubbish. I'm not interested. Um, but he, he, listen, he's, he's, he's playing games and he's playing well. So I can understand why he would be enjoying it because he's not played much um, uh, at all over the last few years. So is your view then that if there were a queue of clubs looking to buy Ollie Burke or get him again on loan due to financial restrictions, it would just be slightly lower down on that, no, on it that depends, ladder. It depends what West Brom want to do. If they if they, want, they think they can utilise him next season, then it's, then it's different um, kettle of fish. But if it is, they'll put him into the market. I mean, obviously, listen, he's been at Celtic and like you say, he's, he's enjoying himself and he's, he's doing well. Um, so maybe his preference would be to, to go back to Celtic, but then it'll come down to finances. And he's probably, he could probably still be a £10 million player. I mean, he's still young. I mean, forget how, when he's around for a while, but he's still a young, a young lad with a lot of potential. Um, so you're looking at another one of these kind of ten million pound bracket players in Celtic. I know they spent a lot of money on uh, Odson Edward last summer, but they don't often mm. spend ten million quid on players. Um, it's it, not just because of the ten, the ten million pound fee; it's because the, a ten million pound player comes with a massive wage packet. I mean, you're talking fifty k a week plus. How much do you think he's on, kind of? I don't think he'd be on that. But I think if you're on a series wage, mm-hmm. you're talking, you're talking 25, 35 grand a week. Yeah. In the championship now, the top ten teams in the championship have all got budgets higher than Celtics. Mm-hmm. The average salary now in the championship is 35, 40 grand a week. Crazily, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, average. I mean, in the Premier League in England, the average salary. I mean, you could be a backup right back and 60 grand a week. I mean, um, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's a market that's, that's what freaks out Celtics so much. Because that market is just now out of reach. So it, it does make it difficult. Given that Celtic have got Edouard, should he stay, Jamie, mm-hmm. in the summer, I don't think there's any hint at the moment that's not going to be the case. So with Edouard, if Lee Griffiths is fit and firing and then Bio in the fold as well, if Burke was available, would it be worth going for him? I think so. I mean, I think Burke's future, sort of, as you were saying, sort of ties in with what West Brom are going to do. I mean, they are challenging at the top of the table without him. So if they break into the Premier League next season, they might look at Oliver Burton goal. Well, you're only getting a game in the Championship, so the opportunities here are going to be limited. And he, at that point, he might be looking for a move. Um, he's, but I think he's... I mean, just the, the small glimpses I've seen of him so far, he's the sort of quality that I don't think should be out of reach for Celtic. 
you know, don't think it's a pipe dream thinking that you could get someone like Oliver Burke in a Celtic shirt on a regular basis. But obviously, as Mick says, it's all going to come down to money. But if I think if the option was there, I think we, we should definitely go for him because he's proven himself to be he's proven himself to be a good player, but he's proven himself to be a bit of a utility man as well. You know, he's been playing up front for us and he's done absolutely fine. He could come in off the right. We can't keep relying. One one thing that's happened to Celtic over the past couple of years is anytime we've got a good player, we flog him. We flog Kieran Tierney, but we're, we're in the midst of flogging James Forrest. Yeah. We're flogging Callum McGregor. That's because the guys that are a step below, not even a step below, but guys that share the position are really good enough to come in. So I think there's a lot to be said for maybe clearing it, having a big clear out of a lot of the players that are never going to feature and maybe having a smaller squad with the likes of Forrest and Buck rather than Forrest, Morgan, Hayes and all these guys. What's impressed you about Ollie Burke on the park? I think, well, he's, certainly his physique is something that everyone goes on about, but it's not common for a Scott. He's got he's got the build of a Premier League player. You know what I mean? He's He's got that physicality, but he's also got a really good touch. And he seems, I know his, I think, what was his manager called him? An empty hard drive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in, in Leipzig. At, at Leipzig. But I've not really seen much of that because I think he's taken to the, the false nine quite well. You know, that that's a, a role that was unfamiliar with him and he's he's putting himself about and he's bringing others into play and we're getting a really good turnout of Sinclair at the moment as well, which I don't think is in no small part to the fact that he's got better quality players up front with him. I don't actually think you get the best out of him in that role, mind you. No. I, mean, uh, I think because, I mean, there was a few examples of the weekend, his he's, he's, he's pace... It is frightening. You see when he gets his... I was going to say, his legs, it's frightening. Maybe one that's slightly different. But yeah, I think he had a, a ton of pace at the weekend and he, he was like lightning, he was away. And I think sometimes he's actually too quick for his feet. I think he's he almost like his feet can't keep up with him when he's got the ball. And he's maybe decision-making at the final the final third. Uh, at that point, maybe he isn't quite there yet, but he is. he's still young. But that, that, that pace is... He's an athlete, isn't he? He's, it's like every manager says the same thing. They, they love that, that kind of pace because it's... It is a game changer. Um, so I think even one of these advanced, maybe one of the sides, one of the flanks and a three up front and all that, so I think he'd be, that's his role. I did notice a um, couple of seasons ago when Celtic played Leicester, was it last season? They played them in a pre-season friendly. And that's the one thing that stuck out to me, even the superstars at Celtic, the, the speed, the power and the physique yeah. on them was miles off what the Leicester boys know, were carrying. Machines, aren't they? Some of these boys, are they? Yeah. Another January arrival was Tolian from Borussia Dortmund. I think the prayers of a lot of Celtic fans were answered with that one. He says he's fit and ready to play. Jamie, how urgent was that signing in your opinion? That was if Celtic signed nobody else but a right back in the transfer window, you probably would have gave, given it a pass anyway. You know the fact that we went out and we strengthened a lot of the other areas and brought in the right back and not just any old right back. You know it's it's a guy who's come with a decent pedigree. Um, he, he fits the Celtic profile. You know, he's 24. Yeah. Um, he's played on the international team at Olympic level and under 21s or something with, with Germany. So he's a sort of profile player that we should be looking to get. Um, and we desperately need. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen it at half time there against St Johnston away. Michael Lustig goes off with an injury. We don't know what that injury was, but Tall Yan came on and he slotted right in. Um, he got to the byline a few more times. I think Celtic fans, without being overly negative, are getting a bit frustrated with Michael Lustig um, he's, he's a bit lazy in possession he's he's not got the legs that he used to have but at the end of the day he's probably still the right, best right back at the club uh, he's probably still the best right back in the league you know give or take so you can see why he kept playing him it was down to lack of options um, but now we've got a better option well we have an option right back who has the potential to be a better option I don't I don't go along with the kind of Lustig bashing I must admit um, I think he has shown signs of, of wear 
this this season. Mm. But this is a guy who three years ago he sat and, and said, "I can't play twice a week because his hip was his back and his hip were problems, his knees problems." Um, so and, and since that point in time, he has played twice a week. He's been the top guys in the flogged. He has been flogged senseless for, for mm. two and a half seasons. So I'm I'm not surprised that he is showing signs of wear and tear now. He is getting older as well, but at 32 now or something like that. Um, and also I feel a bit sorry for him because he is asked to do a job but I think is a wee bit beyond him yeah. um, he's asked to do a similar kind of job to, to Kieran Tierney does on the other side at times when they shuffle around and change that, that formation it's and evident. he's not really in his locker he's, no. a, he's, a, he's a big Scandinavian fullback he sends the ball long more often than he sends himself long he's, but, but I've, I've said to the guys in this podcast before if you look at his, his, his CV and he wasn't at Celtic and so we're bringing in a guy as a bit of cover or something like that or as a kind of um, and he's got, he's played at World Cup quarterfinals and European Championships he's played countless games in the Champions League you'd, wanna, you'd think he'd want to watch mm. getting this guy I mean his CV is, is phenomenal really uh, and you couldn't buy him you see if you're going to go and yeah. buy Sweden's right back at 32 with all that experience you couldn't buy him it'd be too expensive um, so I think, he gets, I think he does get bashed a lot but sometimes I think, I think he is asked to play I think Brendan Rodgers actually admits himself. He asked him to do things that are maybe outside his comfort zone, like that bombing up down the park and getting balls in the box. And maybe it isn't quite him. Um, but I mean, his contract's up in, in the summer, and I think he probably be, he's probably going to go. But I think he's a guy that, that is a squad member, even at his age now. I think he'd be invaluable because he can play centre half, he can play right back. Uh, in games when you're maybe not attacking ninety minutes, he's, he's handy to have there as a as a solid right back. Um, but not every, not week in week out because I think it is now the time it's. I don't even think it's it's not really personal to Michael Lustig as such. It's it's more that position has become the focal point for Celtic France frustration with yeah. the transfer business overall. You know because it has been obvious we needed a right back. This uh, the Champions League qualifiers we were exposed at right back in a couple of major games. In fact, it was exposure at right back that probably cost us getting into the Champions League this season. And we just trundled along and didn't bring anybody in. So I think every time Michael Lustig made a mistake, that was the entire frustration of the Celtic fans yeah. coming out on him a wee uh, bit. I think maybe centre-back issue was more of a problem. I think, remember, the, like another guy gets a hard time is Jack Henry. Remember the, the Athens game? And, um, and I countless times he was building from the back and losing possession. And, and Kieran Tierney was, had run 60 yards. And having run 60 yards back. And remember the, the first half at Parkhead against Athens? Tierney was sensational mm. but the second half he couldn't, he couldn't run because he was absolutely shattered but it's all because the centre backs weren't functioning properly but that's an area that wasn't addressed in the window yeah. well, well, what, what do you expect to happen to the back four now that a right back has been brought in for Celtic do you expect it just to be a straight swap Tollian and Lustig on the bench or do you think Lustig will perhaps feature more regularly, regularly now in a centre half area see mostly, I, think, I think you don't bring a guy in for six months on loan and they don't play him yeah. so I think he will play Um I don't think the plan would have been to play him on on Sunday, um, so he, maybe maybe a maybe a few minutes towards the end. But I think he's been pitched in. He did okay. I thought he did look alright. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So I think I would expect him now to get a, to get a run. Um, it may get rested the odd time if he's playing a hectic schedule, but I'd imagine he'd be in there now as as a main man. I think he'll be playing against Valencia. I think it'll be. Oh, I, think, I think so. Yeah. Is he somebody that should be attainable for Celtic on a permanent basis? Of course, I'm sure his wages at Dortmund are very handsome, but he was only bought for. 4.5 million I think from Hoffenheim that's within the Celtics budget and in an area that you've identified Jamie as one that needs remedied sharpish I mean if you look at we've only got him on a six, not really a six month loan anymore is it it's a four or yeah. fifteen game mm-hmm. loan by the time the qualifiers come around in the summer we're looking at is a out of contract is that right 
Yeah. Lustig out of contract. Ten Hag's both gone. Benkovic away home. Boyata away. Yeah. So you know we do, we're still really effectively. Yeah. Effectively, we're still at square one. Um, it was a bit of a surprise to me that we didn't have a fee agreed for him. Um, that seems like something that would have suited both parties. But to answer your question, I think he is exactly the sort of player that we would like to see in at right back. Um, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a rare player. I don't think he's like. A, I don't think if it's, it's either him or nobody. I think there's a number of players at that level kicking about Europe that we could probably get our hands on. I think an example of that would have been the one from Sporting. I've forgotten his name. The one last summer that eventually moved on to Pessini. Yes, on to Valencia. Maybe in that sort of mould where yeah. Celtic feel that he's a player that's attainable, attainable, but also has the experience and the talent to come straight in rather than a project. The, yeah. the problem that Celtic have in that position is that it's such a key position we touched on it but the way, the way Celtic play it's such a key position that it does become a specialist right back it's not just a, a regular right back yeah. it has to be a certain a certain type which narrows the search and also inflates the value because these guys are, are expensive um, and that's why the, it's, it's no surprise that the guys that Celtic have went for in that, for that position have been top dollar Um and it's not quite come off for them because they're looking for somebody who is. I think Rogers himself touched on the, the Man City situation. That they, they didn't really kick on until they got a couple, a couple of proper fullbacks. Yeah, they went out and spent a fortune. They but they spent 100 million quid in two fullbacks. So, but he's not going to get that. He's not going to get that kind of money. But it is a specialist role because I think the way they play is that the, the fullbacks are, are so vital. Um, so we're interested to see what they do in the summer because they need a whole new back, practically a whole new back four. Does it frustrate you, Jamie, as a fan? when a lot of the new signings are only on a temporary basis, Benkovic, Tolian, and then Weah going forward has, has had a real real impact in the team and yet he may only be at the club for another five months. Well, it, it, it does to a certain degree in as much as see, this is very, very short term. This is These guys are going to get us to the end of the season and then the rebuilding job Celtic have got in the summer is pretty huge. You know, We probably need one player for every position. That's not to say one starter, but that's to say either backup or starter in, in every position. So for that point, it is a bit frustrating. You're looking forward to the summer, you're going, this is a, this is a really big job that, that we need to do in the summer. However, there's a league to be won. There's a Europa League tie to be played. The quality of the squad has been enhanced for the rest of this season. So provided that you can shelve your concerns further down the line, then I, no, I'm quite happy with the business being in the window. Speaking of the Europa League, the squad has been announced for the last 32. Fakun Bayo left out. Mick, is it just a waiting game with him, completely new in the squad and in the country, needs time to adapt? Or do you feel that he's one that maybe would have been worthwhile, including? Well, yeah, it's a strange one because you look at his record in, in Slovakia. I've not really seen an awful lot of Slovakian football. Um, <laughs> can't afford another subscription. <laughs> There's a million these days. Um, but he was on a hot streak, wasn't he? So you think maybe chucking him in would have been quite um, quite handy. But um, so it's a, it's a bit of a strange one. But he's, I guess he's one of these another one of these project players that sometimes people get tackled mm. about. Lee um, Griffiths has been included. Yeah, suggests he's perhaps doing better um, himself and maybe close to returning. Yeah, it's um, yeah. We'll need games once he's back as well. So I, I mm. would I wouldn't be surprised if that. I think you can change one anyway in the week of the, the game. Right. So I think that they still got a, a kind of wild card you can change. I wouldn't, wouldn't write that off completely. Um, Bayern needs to play a few games first. Um, I don't really need them at the moment. I mean, the way, the way they've come back from from uh, the winter break, I say Boya and, and Buck have hit the ground running. 
the only question mark is the injury to, to Eduard to see how serious that would be I don't think it's that serious So, but he's been struggling for injuries for a while this season mm-hmm. um, so you look as though they've got the firepower and Bio is potentially one for the one for the future um, which people keep, hearing, people keep cracking up <laughs> one for the future um, but that's what Celtic are they're working and seem to be working in two strange kind of um, alternate teams you know, they've got this, this, these kind of guys that are going to have a loan and are going to come back at some point some this summer some goodness knows when yeah. there's going to be a lot of guys leaving um, in the, and in the season the three the back four you're looking at back up left back two centre and halves two right backs needed I would imagine Olivier and Cham I think I think would probably go if they get an offer for him he's on that two year cycle they talk about these players but they sell it on they sell it on a two year cycle they'll come in so he's another one could be away and then the lone boys will all return so it does look like a a major mm. major rebuilding job in the summer um, they've got these guys that are coming back from their, their loan spells or whatever but are they going to be straight into the team next year if they were that good now would they would not be well, doing the team it. so mm-hmm. uh, it's, it, it's a lot of uncertainty beyond the summer but there's a lot I think it's like you say Jamie there's enough to be going on with in the next four months the, the, the title's got to be yeah. dealt with and also the Europe which is a bit of a bonus game let's be honest Euro- European games it's the, if they get through that it'd be um huge result but uh, exciting tie right enough how absolutely shocked are you both that Comper and Scott Allen have been left out of the Europa League squad (laughs) I'll tell you what I'm pretty shocked I'd be interested to see what happens with the wild card just sort of going back on Bayou there because what we're effectively saying is Lee Griffiths who's not played any football or trained for how long since the Kelly 5-1 game is is looking like a better option to feature in a Europa League game than this boy who's then Bio, who's come two million pound signing, two million pound signing, who's come straight out of playing football week in week out, who's effectively who is training. So it'd be interesting to see what happens to that one. Um, I'm more surprised that Comper never get paid off. Yeah. You know, I'm again. It just it seems to me that there seems little point having these guys floating about the club, and if he's going to collect his total wage until the end of the season, then yeah, there's we've got enough money in the bank, so just pay the guy off, let him go find another club. I think when I was on this podcast last week there was a hint that maybe some politics came into it with the Scott Allen thing about Celtic not really wanting to do Hibs any favours so I can understand maybe why we've, we've not done that but I mean these guys have sort of wasted Scott Allen's wasted a lot of his career I, I know that a few clubs were offered Scott Allen and they said no really yeah. the, the, there must be there must be something to do with Scott Allen because it's, it's certainly no fitness the boy keeps himself fit you know he's got a personal trainer any time that you see him he's in, he's in great shape and he trains hard like Brendan Rodgers says there's nothing wrong with his training so there must be something there that nobody's really wanting to go near him. It has to be, I mean, these boys, a lot of these guys are decent money, and it's no, there is that. Yeah. I mean, and it tends to be the case that clubs will get to this in the January and say, right, we'll give you three months, and you can get us another sign on fee somewhere else, and, and on you go. But um, but three months' money on what these guys are earning is a lot of money, and to to, to deny themselves six months of that money, yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> a lot of dosh, because um, the next wage isn't going to be anywhere near it. So I can. It's a bit like what Man City do to players, isn't it? They sign them, put them on massive wages, and then these guys aren't really prepared to sign for anyone else because no one could <clears> touch <throat> the wages, so they sit about for years. Listen, we, we, I mean, we're all guilty of forgetting this, this is a guy's jobs. Yeah. It's their jobs, and they're, they only work for 12 years, and that's it. So, I mean, it's all right saying, oh, he's, he's sitting doing nothing for six months. He could be a couple hundred grand in his back pocket in, in six months. <laughs> It'll take me about 40 years to earn that on my record money. (laughs) Let's discuss the long list of injuries then at Celtic at the moment. There's a bit of a queue for the treatment table at Lennoxton. 
Um, Tierney and Cham and Boyata returning to training this week. Lustig and Edward and Forrest limped off at the weekend. There, there is a fair few names and players needing uh, medical attention. <laughs> Jamie, how critical is it or do you think it's uh, been blown out of proportion? No, it's, I mean, it's certainly not blown out of proportion. There's some first names in the team sheet there that are, that are not going to feature. But it sort of comes back to Celtic squad building and their transfer policy. You know, injuries happen throughout the season. Now, granted, we've got a lot that's happening just now, but you need to have able-bodied and ready replacements to come in and, and take the place of these guys. The, the problem with Celtic seem to have is from your first pick to whoever comes in in case that guy's in, there's, there's a big drop-off in quality. You know, so from Izzig, from Kieran Tierney to Izzagiri, that, that was a, an iffy one. And then you look at right back, we, we relied on Lustig. Brendan obviously doesn't fancy Gamboa. But now we've got a, a new right back in. And then we touched on it earlier on, you know, from Benkovic to potentially Jack Hendry. You know, thinking, well, that's a that's a big drop off as well, yeah. you know. Um but uh, look, I think Celtic squad is more than capable of coping with the the week in, week out league games. I think you just need to manage it better. Mick, do you go along with that? I do. I mean it's been a bit of a freaky season problem. I mean you think of the, the, from the start right from the start of the campaign, the players that have missed. I think I think there's probably only two or three players in the squad that haven't had time out mm. through injury. It's been unbelievable really. I mean you could argue you could argue that if Celtic get over the line and win the league this year it'd be the, 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 the most difficult campaign for a lot of the a lot of reasons probably most satisfying for them to win in terms of all the challenges they've faced, in terms of injuries and everything else. But um or you could flip it and say it's the biggest chance any other team have got to yeah. win the league and they haven't taken it, if they don't take it. Um so I mean, it has been it has been I mean the key players out at key times as well. So I think I think you have to cut them some slack this year for some of the results. Um because of that, because the team's been chopping and changing so much. Um but they have got this I mean, you look the wage bill is pretty hefty and that's, that's why they've got I mean they have got about thirty five players, mind you. Yeah. Like too many. Uh, and I think Jimmy touched on it, too many of the signs didn't work. I mean the twenty three, twenty four signs in, in three years and how many actually have advanced the team, not that many. Um, but they have got enough in reserve to, to cope with the domestic scene, that's for sure. Let's take a look ahead to this week's fixtures then. Celtic host Hibs tomorrow night. Up north, Rangers go to Aberdeen. Now, this is a big opportunity for Celtic to stretch their lead with their two closest, and I suppose Kelly as well, playing each other. If Rangers fail to win tomorrow and Celtic do, the gap will increase to eight points if Aberdeen win. Obviously, they go up to 49. If Rangers draw, they go on 49. Is that a, a league-clinching gap? No. Uh, I, for the record, I think Celtic are going to win the league. Um, I think we gave ourselves a bit of a scare. Uh, I think what we've done in this January window has really strengthened us and strengthened the case um, and solidified the lead that we do have. But there's still a lot of football to get played. And as we just mentioned, we've got a lot of injuries and some sticky games. We've made we've made difficult work of a few games recently. Um, that being said, are Aberdeen is it three out of three or two out of two for Rangers in the last two? Aberdeen, Aberdeen. Aye. Aberdeen won the, the cup tie, and they beat them in the league as yeah, well. Yeah, let me I'll, I'll They drew it, but Audrey at the drew start Padre of the season. The, yeah, there we go. So I think Aberdeen have got the potential to maybe take something off Rangers, but I don't think any result this week will be league over necessarily I do think Rangers are the only other team capable of challenging Celtic at the moment um, I know it's probably a bit disrespectful to Kilmarnock who are having an absolute stormer of a season um, but I don't think it's as cut and dried as whatever happens this week will seal it Mick? 
No, I mean, you've got to say an eight or nine point gap at this stage would be quite substantial. Um, you even go back to last March, and I think the gap was six points. Uh, the old firm game at, uh, at Ibrox, and if Rangers had won that game, it would have been down to three. And, we were, and it was kind of framed as this, this would be a game on. That's right, yeah. Uh, and Celtic, number 10 men, won uh, 3-2, and that meant the gap, meant to nine points at that point. I might be wrong, but it was close. It was getting to a point that might have been a I think I was during the kind of multi mania type. Yeah, it was a <laughs> multi mania. We forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, um, so, uh, listen, it's going to be like that. It's been like that even under the last couple of seasons. Aberdeen, they've been kind of, kind of close this time of year. But Celtic are showing signs that they're starting to, to pull away a bit. They had a nice run of fixtures. I mean, coming back from the break, we couldn't have handpicked and better fixtures for winning. after the cup fixtures so the weekend of the 17th or whatever it is just treacherous yeah. kill it away um, tough one but they've got Aberdeen and Rangers at, at Parkhead so the two the two games against the, the mm-hmm. potentially two closest sides are both at Celtic Park but they haven't dropped a point yeah. this season um, so it's a big help so they could build up a lead um, before the split um, they could effectively put it to bed at what, the, the what, Glasgow what, Derby at Celtic Park I think uh, Glasgow Derby. Aye, <laughs> 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 Thistle went down there. <laughs> um, yeah, aye. I think I think the next few weeks will. I think uh, this week I think uh, Rangers can't. I don't think they can afford to. I, mean, I don't think it wraps the league up. But if Rangers lose at Aberdeen, um, I think that's and Celtic win. I think that that would be. I don't see that would be nine points between Celtic and Rangers. Mm. They're talking a plus the goal difference is is pretty much a point. I know it's a bit of cliche, but it is pretty much worth a point. So you're talking four games difference. Do you expect that winning trend at home to continue tomorrow against Tibbs? I think so. Especially, I mean, I would expect it to continue anyway. Um, <laughs> but given the, the the pickle that Hibs are in at the moment, yeah. um, having my manager dematerialise, he wasn't sacked, didn't he? Quite, he just shrugging, manager. I think given given the position there, and you'd expect Celtic to take all three points. I think Celtic probably identified these games, as you said. Michael, the, the fixtures, the, they want nine out of nine before Valencia, that's for sure. Well, thanks very much for listening to the Record Celtic podcast this week. I'm Andy Barge, and with me was Mick Gannon and Jamie Flynn. Please remember to subscribe and share on all your favourite platforms. We're on social media, and you can listen on ACAST, iTunes, and all the rest of them. Thanks very much. <laughs>